Good evening. You're very welcome to another episode of the Back of the Stand podcast. It's Mark here, your host, and joined by Kevin this evening. Kevin, how, how was your weekend? I'm very good, Mark. How are you keeping? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I've been off work now for the last couple of days, but like every team I support at the weekend um, had a right miserable weekend, whether it be soccer or GA, so kind of drowned in my sorrows today, but look, could be worse. Indeed. Sure, look, you know, Swings around, though. It's March. Sure, United had a good old victory midweek, and I know they didn't do too well at the weekend, but sure, we'll touch on that. And yeah, sure, look, there's more disappointment to come for Cork next weekend. So, look, just <laughs> there could well be, there could well be this weekend. Absolutely, as you said, we'll touch on that. It goes and swings around about for the first 24 years of my life. I knew nothing but United and Cork winning, and that well has well and truly dried up now in the last seven years. But look. We'll, we'll just we'll crack on with it. Um, so I, what I'll do is I'll, we'll go through the results of the Premier League, first of all, from last Monday. Um, there was a lot of games. There seems to be games everywhere on at the moment. Uh, very few on Saturdays these days. And it's kind of, I don't know about you, Kevin, but it's kind of ruined Soccer Saturday for me. Almost too much sport on TV. That's what I kind of found myself over the weekend. Was you're, you're watching everything, but you're not taking in much, really, are you? Cause Absolutely, yeah. Back and forth through all the channels, but... Um, no doubt. Like, look, yes, there wasn't much soccer on three o'clock on Saturday for the Premier League, but there's certainly other sports, and it's fantastic. I've been starved for so long a live sport to have everything now. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll start from last Monday from the Premier League. So last Monday there was two games on last Monday. Uh, Spurs won one nil away to to Burnley. Um, Brighton and West Brom drew one one at the Amex Stadium. So we moved to Friday night then. Uh, Wolves beat Crystal Palace 2-0 at Molyneux. That was a very big win for Wolves because Crystal Palace had, had been going well and they've probably been one of the most consistent teams in the Premier League for the last couple of years. Um, but there's no doubt Wolves have undoubted quality. So um, it was a very good win for them. And we moved to Saturday then. There was three games on Saturday. Um, Manchester City won 1-0 at Bramall Lane. Chelsea won 3 0 away to Burnley, so it capped off a very bad week for Burnley, really. And Liverpool, I would argue, had a quite fortunate win against West Ham at Anfield. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. And yesterday, then, it, there was goals galore yesterday, well, except for Old Trafford, in which there was only one, unfortunately. So the, the games yesterday, Spurs beat Brighton 2 1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at Old Trafford. Arsenal had a very good win against Manchester United. and the, the final scoreline was 1-0 but in, in the end it, it could have been more than that um, Roy Keane had a few choice words to say about Manchester United after and we'll touch on those in a minute um, Newcastle beat Everton 2-1 it's really been a bad week for Everton this is the second game now in the road that they've lost and I think Newcastle are after kind of they're, they're after backing up my comments last week about the hashtag Bruce out um, um, trending that we saw on Twitter I think that was a load of nonsense and I think Newcastle are after showing that now um, and at Villa Park it was a classic um, Southampton beat Aston Villa 4-3 um, and I, I have to say that um, Southampton are probably one of the most entertaining teams you can watch um, they're, they're an easy side to play for nobody they'll, they'll we found it United down through the years that they they they'll always come up with a result to to bring your pride back into place a bit. So Aston Villa after a very good start, much like Everton, they're after coming back down to earth now a small bit. Um, and I suppose touching on that, Kevin, 
Everton and Aston Villa were the two teams that started the season very well, but it looks very much like now that Liverpool and Spurs are taking over. Yeah, I think Everton just without kind of the likes of James Rodriguez and Seamus Coleman um, kind of fitting back into where you'd have expected them to be. Uh, a tough team to break down, but ultimately um, one where all teams should be looking to get three points out of. Um, Aston Villa... Look, maybe the Liverpool results may have given them big heads um, at the start of the season, but like they've now conceded seven goals in their last two games, which they won't be happy about. And uh, both games at home, as far as I am, I right in saying that? Uh, you are. Both games are home, yeah. Um, so even though like, they showed great heart and determination, like they got two goals in injury time. And I, like, I watched that game, I uh, watched a good chunk of it. Uh, I, I did it play well, and Jack Grealish is always kind of a torn in the side of teams but ultimately look two class goals from Ward Price and Danny Ings I think with a goal of the season contender already just it's just broken down they were they weren't they weren't able to keep up with them. Yeah. Yeah absolutely and like as you said maybe that seven two win against Liverpool uh, maybe swell their heads a small bit but I don't know I, I, I find it hard to believe because I don't think even the most optimistic of new of Aston Villa player, supporter, manager, whoever would have thought that Winning seven two against Liverpool meant anything because it was a freak result. Um, but I think, I think what we've seen so far to start the season, I think we we probably get sucked into this kind of talk sometimes. And it, like it's great to have sport to talk about, but like after four games, maybe we were getting ahead of ourselves regarding Everton and Aston Villa. Like it was only four games. Like nobody really in their in their right mind would have thought that. Like Everton and Aston Villa would be up the top of the table at the end of the season, and maybe we've just seen the actual standings being recalibrated now because, like, there's seven games gone, and when you, when you look at it, both Liverpool and Spurs have very impressive form. Like Liverpool have won five, drawn one, lost one, um, and Spurs have played seven, won four, drawn two, lost one, but. What's very positive from their point of view is that they have a goal difference of plus nine. They've only conceded nine, but they've scored 18 in the Premier League so far this season. So of the big clubs, I think you could argue that Liverpool and Spurs are, are probably best best equipped from now to have a very good season. And maybe you could throw Chelsea into that. They also had a very good win on, on Saturday. Uh, no, yeah, certainly. Look, it all depends how Liverpool can manage the injury problems they have going at the moment. Certainly they were very mm. fortunate maybe is the word against West Ham. I'm not sure was it a, a total clear cut penalty on Salah. He yeah. very, very easily. Yeah, and I, I think speaking of that one, I, I was looking at an interview with David Moyes after it and he was very disappointed in Salah. He felt that he dived and I think there was some merit in that but like listening to to Alan Shearer and I think was it Danny Murphy in the studio after like realistically if a striker gets touched in the box they're going to go down No, and look certainly that's the way the game is going and but depending on the officials maybe they, they, they did get a bit lucky um, I thought their goal then as well just West Ham I think they just ran out of steam towards the end of it uh, but again, yeah. against Against better opposition, I'm not sure how Liverpool will face over the next couple of weeks. Like they have Man City now next weekend, um, which will be which will be a big one. They're away to Man City, so it'll be good to see what. Um, now I know Man City weren't able to come up with goals either at the weekend. They, they only won um one nil 
but in absolutely yeah. atrocious conditions um, in Sheffield. But certainly, look, next weekend, some great games, Man City and Liverpool and everything as well. Look, if we want to see our everything contenders or not, they're at home to Man United um, next weekend. Man United, who lead our be looking to get their season back on track again. They've a good away rec- record since it started. The home record is absolutely shocking. But if everything can get a it result is. against United next weekend, we'll put them back into contenders. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a big opportunity for Everton to put themselves um, back on track. But I, I just want to speak about Man City for a bit because, as you said, the goals weren't exactly flowing at Bramall Lane. And like, we've seen unrest off the field at Barcelona over the last week or week and a half. And I believe one of the candidates to be their new president has openly said that he wants to bring Guardiola back. Now, Guardiola was asked about it last week. He denied it, but I don't know that he deny it in a way that he was leaving the door open because like, he openly said, and that, that's fine, Barcelona's his club. But do you think, do you think that if... Barcelona actually did come calling that Guardiola might say goodbye to Manchester and that that it might also be the end of the project at Man City, really. Uh, well, look, it's you, you would imagine that he will go back to Barcelona. If, if, if they do come looking for him in their time of, I'm not sure where we say crisis just yet for Barcelona, um, but you would imagine that he will go back to where kind of his heart is, and that is where his heart is, if we're going to be honest about it, kind of Man City's his job, yeah. kind of. I'd imagine Barcelona's his passion. Absolutely, absolutely, and like he's been very open and in terms of kind of Catalan independence and stuff like that. Like he sees himself very much as a Barcelona man, and like as you said, Barcelona is his club. It's where his heart is. Like Man City is his job at the moment, but like Barcelona will always be where his loyalties lie. Um, I just I don't know. Like the but the only the only thing I'd say about Man City and I think to a certain extent Liverpool as well is that neither of them are playing particularly well at the moment, but they're still getting results. Like Man City have only lost one game out of six so far. Liverpool have what lost one out of seven. So I wouldn't. I think they're in a much better position than some other clubs such as Man United, and we we'll talk about United in a second, but. I think it's a sign of a club that even though they're going through probably a tough spell, that they still grind out okay results. But what's very unusual for Man City so far is that of the six games they've played, they've only scored nine goals and they've conceded eight. Like, when was the last time we saw Man City with a plus goal difference of one? No, yeah, look, first point you made there, kind of like they're. Teams are still grinding out results, and look, that's the kind of the measure of champions is that if you can get the the results on what is a poor day and like that, Liverpool are going through a tough time at the minute. Kind of when you see saw the way that they lined up, um, a lot of their kind of big players, especially in defence, out, uh, and then with Man City, yeah, this is what Man City need to fix. Um, yes, the one is will get them by, but it's 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 not really what you want. You kind of want to be winning with confidence, winning the two three nail, um. Yeah. It's just good to see what way they, what what happens next weekend, just before the international break. Will that give them the confidence against Liverpool, or will it kind of all come crashing down? Because after that, then they have Spurs, and then they'll go on a bit of a run then before Christmas, where they can kind of really, we won't say destroy teams, but look, you know, they 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 should be looking at clocking up uh, a lot of victories. Kind of they've, I think it's Burnley, Fulham, um. And then I think it brings them into United. But but they'll see the United as a, as a victory as well. That's what they'll be aiming for. 
Oh, they will, no doubt. And I suppose, I think the, the, the Liverpool-Man City game is probably a bigger game for Man City than it is for Liverpool because, like, obviously Liverpool are defending champions. They'd probably take a draw there. Um, if not, obviously, they'd be pushing for a win. But I think, not that it's a must-win at this stage of the season, but I think it, if you're Man City at the moment, you really don't want Liverpool to be running away with it again. You You want to be a bit closer to them this season, even if they don't win the league. They have to give them a, a better run for their money. But like we touched on there about um, teams grinding out results when they're not playing well and it's the measure of champions. And it's probably a fitting way to talk about United because United do are exactly the opposite in the sense that they'll lose games even if they're playing well. And like we saw yesterday, they, they lost one at home to Arsenal and like they had a great win in the Champions League during the weekend as well last week, and like looking at social media, hashtag Ali out is now trending, and United seem to be going from one extreme to another. A great result, a crap result, a great result, a crap result, and Keane spoke about it yesterday on Sky Sports that they just lack leaders and that Ali needs to trust his team and that if he need and that if he's depending on them to be tr- to trust on them, then he's in trouble. Um. I just think being a United fan, people need to cool the jets a small bit. United are not good enough. They have players who are not good enough, who, who've proved they're not good enough. And over the course of the season, they might finish the top four, they might not. But it's going to happen in stages of the season that United get very good results and then they get very bad ones as well. And I don't think people should overreact to either. Um, look, I, I kind of caught at the start of the season that Ali would be the first manager to go. And I still kind of stand by that. Um, you see, you, you say kind of results will be up and down, but you know you still have to have results that are up. They, they're they've just had all very poor results. Like you know, you used to play four games so far this year in the league at home, and still that's come away with a win. Um, is a one draw and three defeats is a terrible return for United at home. Um, like, look, they, look, they play everything away from home next weekend, and then after that, look, they have West Brom after the international break at home. I think if United do not get a victory against West Brom, who like that are in the relegation spots um at home on that weekend I think it is curtains down for for Ollie. it has to be yeah and you it's funny you know you mentioned West Brom that, that the fact that that's going to be their next home game as we speak Kevin they're currently 2-0 down away to Fulham so oh, you could be right if if they don't get the result of West Brom but I I don't know I I I just think that not that patience is rewarded, but I don't think you get anywhere by making rash decisions. And I think if we want to judge United, judge judge United over the course of the season rather than from six games. Um, like they've won two games in the Champions League and they were two very good wins. And like we saw an incredible hat trick during the week from Marcus Rashford. Um, but I don't know. I I just think that United as a squad, the the squad of players that they have, I don't I. I think it doesn't necessarily matter who the manager is, to be honest, because I think players like Paul Pogba might go on a good run of form, but then he will leave you down, like giving away a stupid penalty yesterday. Like it was ridiculous. Like Bellerin was going nowhere and he just bundled them over. And you like, but little hair I have left, I, I was tearing it out looking at it. Um, but I don't know. I just think that I think. No doubt, United have had very bad, a very bad start to the season at home, but I just think, give it another three or four weeks, or not three or four weeks, three or four months, they won't be fifteenth in three or four months. Like, I think they will, they will go on a run at some stage. It's just 
when that run goes on, I, I don't know when it will be. And I, I suppose it's hard to anyone to predict. But I, I think that, and I think soccer is a game where supporters are inclined to have extreme reactions, as in get overexcited about the wins. And then you, you, your expectations almost go up when you have a good win. United beating PSG and then beating um, RB Leipzig during the week in the Champions League. Obviously, it's natural the expectation goes up and then you, you're so flat after losing to Arsenal. But I think there's a middle ground whereby you, you don't get overexcited by those wins and you don't overreact to the losses. And I think anybody who looks at United squad will realise that they're not going to win the league even if they did have Guardiola or Klopp or whoever is the manager. I'd have to disagree with you. I think they do have the squad to really challenge. Like, And look, you, you, when you see that they're trashing Leipzig 5-0 in the Champions League they went to Paris and they beat PSG um, like they have the squad like they're a squad of world superstars and what but who are their leaders Kevin? well I think if you have the right man in charge like Paul Pogba should be the leader <sighs> I don't know like you look at you look at Liverpool for example and we just look at Man City in times past like Man City have had an excellent had an excellent captain in Vincent Company, an absolute leader. You put your house in him. He'd be a man you want to stand behind and say, right, we'll back you up now. Liverpool, the same. Jordan Henderson, a great captain. Van Dijk, a huge leader. Will Maguire and Pogba be in that league? I don't think so, Kevin. I, 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 I wouldn't see them leading me. Like, like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't see Pogba being able to lead anyone into battle. Maybe the French would. Their history in battles maybe not, not that not that good, but being serious, I, I don't think Harry Maguire is captain material. I don't think Pogba's captain material. No, I'm not suggesting that we go back and bring back the likes of Roy Keane fellas, kicking fellas around the place. The game isn't like that anymore. But you want strong personalities, and I just don't see them in the United States. And I squad. think the problem there is that the actual overall leader of the club, the manager, is not a leader. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a player would never have been considered a leader. Whereas when you look at as you say, kind of like the the Jordan Henderson, Jurgen Klopp is a leader kind of company when he was under the the charges of the likes of Maldini, kind of a leader. Like, you know, so this is the problem. You need to change your, your the man at the top that then coaches these like they're actually you no know, kids compared to me and you to become leaders. Like you you, you have Marcus Rashford yeah. who all he's doing. That that this man will be United's next best leader, but they just need to make sure that look that they're challenging for honors to make sure he sticks around because he won't want to be playing for a team in the bottom half of the of the, of the table. Uh, but also look look just like the rest of them. Um, after six seven games, if you're closer to bottom than you are to top, um, and United have already come out and said the problems that they're facing without fans in the stadium that they're losing money, United might even get Europa League next year. So if they don't get Champions League. It could just be a total clear out anyway, because they may have to get the the wage bill down. They might have to. And like speaking of the wage bill, like they brought in Van der Beek. He hasn't started the Premier League game yet. And like I, I get the sense that he, like at Arsenal and at Chelsea there's a project that they, they have a clear strategy about what their transfer strategy is, about where they're going, they're building a team around certain players. But at United, they brought in Van der Beek. They haven't started him in any Premier League game yet. And Cavani, I just thought that those were two very strange ones. And like we saw, was it last week or the week before that United have lost seventy million um, this year so far? And that is bound to impact on transfers. But like 
I, I'm not so sure that bringing in a different manager and like I think if the United Board had their time again, they wouldn't have given Solskjaer the job when they gave it to him and would have waited till the end of the season. But look, that it's done now. But I'm not so sure that like a manager like Mourinho couldn't make leaders out of Pogba. Like he was fighting with Pogba nearly every day of the week, um, and like I thought Mourinho's reputation was gone before them and that he was a busted flush. But I think Spurs are proving him wrong. But like I think if you bring in someone like Pochettino or or whoever, I I still think that doesn't make Pogba a leader. I I think when you look at Pogba, and I I don't want to be singling players out. All the talk of Real Madrid signing Pogba has stopped. Well, well, of course it's going to stop with the form he's in, and, and it's just whatever way he's being coached and mentored and led. But I think what's happening at United now is that the board have decided that if they sack him now, that fans will totally turn against him. So I think they're waiting for the results to go totally sour. So the fans get on Ole's back, so then the board have the backing of the fans before they get rid of him. The fact that they didn't give him an open checkbook proves that the boards aren't with Ole. Um, so it's just when do they pull the trigger and get rid of him, you know? Yeah, but what club is giving the manager an open checkbook? Like, we heard from Guardiola last week that they couldn't afford to buy another striker and now, like, Aguero's out injured and they said they couldn't afford... Like, if Man City can't afford to buy another striker, Jesus, the rest of them must be in well, big uh... trouble. I, I think they, uh, most clubs would have the money. Look, especially look the way, the way it is. Um, yes, they aren't getting fans in through the door. But look, the, when you see most Premier League, well, not most Premier League games, we have two, three Premier League games a week on box office. And that'll probably be the way it is. I just think clubs are probably a bit cautious when it comes to the pandemic. But certainly United should have known if they want to push on, what is it, seven, eight years since you won the league? It's time to spend. And United yeah, are clubs that do have the money. So I'm surprised that they didn't. Yeah, it, it their, their, their transfers did seem to suggest an element of panic. I don't know why they brought Cavani and like Van der Beek. They haven't used him yet. Maybe Van der Beek will come good. I don't know. Um, but like we're talking about United, and at least they did bring in some players. We go to a club now, and we just want to speak about them for a second. Who didn't bring in anyone? And that's Burnley. They're down bottom of the league now. After six games, they've one point. They have scored. Three goals, two of those were from set plays and conceded 12. I think they're in big, big trouble. I think they're probably in the same space now that the likes of Charlton and Bolton and um, the likes of Stoke and Reading, that all of those clubs reached at some stage. They'll have a few good seasons in the Premier League at Bournemouth as well, but eventually the party stops and the farm goes south and they're on, there's only going to be one way now and that's back to the Champions Yeah, 100%. Yeah, look, look they've, hit, they've, they've lived a high life the last couple of years. And as you said, kind of only one goal from play. Um, like I'd have great time for Chris Wood. He was kind of a once upon a time a 20 goal season striker for Leeds and just with um, Barnes as well up front for me. But it just isn't clicking, unfortunately. Uh, like it, it, it's, it's just a, not a bit of disappointment considering the fact the Irish connection there with Kind of Kevin Long and Robbie Brady and Jimmy Dunn coming yeah. through, but um, like look, just I think when they lost Jeff Hendrick and who was kind of the the backbone of midfield and another couple of players, uh, they didn't really strengthen over the close season. But yeah, it looks like it, they're in for a tough season ahead. Absolutely, and like I I do feel sorry for them because Sean Dyche, to be fair to him, he, like he turned Burnley into something fantastic. There was a play, it was a turf moor was a place that nobody wanted to go. It became like Stoke, like the Britannia Stadium that like you go there and Jesus, you were well in for a battle there and that 
like you get nothing easy out of it. Um, and yeah, it just it, it's a shame because like they they seem to be a good club. He he, to be fair to Sean Dyche, he stayed loyal to them. I think the loss of Jeff Hendrick, I think you mentioned him, that can't be overstated. I think he was a huge player for them, and the fact that like he went to Newcastle after just shows his worth. Um, it wasn't that he went down to the championship; he went up. He went up the table. Um, so I think they are in a bit of trouble. Um, now, I was listening to Danny Murphy on Match of the Day and he does give them a chance of staying up. And like they do have a couple of games coming up whereby they probably have a chance of getting a result. They're away to Brighton on Friday and they're at home to Crystal Palace then um, two weeks later. Um, so look, if they can get a result from one of those two games, it'd be a start. But... They they certainly haven't had a good start to the season, and it's I think it's the worst start to the season by by Burnley since they've been in the Premier League. Um, I hope they stay up, but looking at the te- teams above them, like Fulham, probably are ba- are going to be battling for with West Brom and Brighton for the last relegation place. Really, come the end of the season, Sheffield United probably look done and dusted as well. So, like if you. Looking at it so far, and it's very hard to make early predictions. But looking at the kind of the stature of the clubs, you look what's above Burnley, and it it probably doesn't give them much cause no, for optimism. I, I, I do think uh, the three to go down will will be made up with the the four that are occupying the last four spaces at the moment: which Burnley, Sheffield United, and then either one of West Brom or Fulham. Um, I I do enjoy watching yeah. Brighton. Like you know, if a couple of calls go their way to get a bit of luck, um, like they are attacking all games. To be fair, like you know, like they, they've scored eleven goals now. Um, like they really went at it against United. Um, and they they went at it as well against um Spurs over the weekend. So, I I'd be confident that Brighton would stay up. But yeah, I'd be looking at yeah Sheffield United go down, like Burnley. It, and and I watched their bits of their game again as well against um Man City. They just they just can't seem to score. And when you look at the Sheffield United team, um, Billy Sharp has never really been able to do what he did in the Championship for anyone. Dave McGoldrick, like he, he's a man that holds up the ball, but he doesn't really score that much. Um, Norwood hasn't been clicking for him either this year, and he'd be just worried for yeah. if Sheffield United after a great season last year. It's I, I think they, they'll they'll go down, and it'll be you, you'll see it happen very quickly. Kind of this could all be decided by Christmas in terms of the bottom three. Yeah, and like you speak about Sheffield United there and their inability to score goals and like Gary Lineker and um Alan Shearer highlighted that on match of the day actually on, on Saturday and the two of them said that if they were the striker and on in that team that they'd be tearing lumps out of the midfield of the dressing room because they highlighted several periods of play where Sheffield United had the ball out in the wing. There was a perfect opportunity to cross the ball into the box and no, they squared it again or went backwards. But look, I think sometimes those clips can be overanalyzed too. And that's not the reason they lost against Man City. It's not the reason they didn't win them against Man City. There is time to change that. But I think Sheffield United had such a good season last season that they they were never. It's not they were never going to be able to sustain it, but it was always going to be very hard to sustain it. And I think more so at the bottom of the table than at the top. Managers are a lot more dispensable at the bottom than they are at the top. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if any of that bottom four, you see managerial changes from one or more of them by the end of the season. Um, and 
we you spoke earlier actually, and it was just something I wanted to touch on before we finished up, Kevin. Um, was regarding the pay per view games. There was a meeting last week of the Premier League clubs, um, where they were proposing to bring the fee down from fourteen pounds ninety five to nine pounds ninety five, and I see Mike Ashley even proposed to bring it down to four pounds ninety five, but. Unfortunately, they have gone back on their decision now because apparently the attendant or the viewing figures at the weekend um, were quite promising. But like, is that not just a scam? Not a scam. That that's a hard word. But is is that not just a ploy to to bridge the gap from the lack of attendance figures? Is it not very unfair to be charging people fourteen pounds seventy five to watch games on a Saturday? Or watch games, would you not be wrong uh, about showing them? At I think all? it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for any of us who have like a Sky or BT package at home. Um, but look for the clubs, yeah. like, like some of these games, you'd be looking at paying 60 70 quid into for a ticket in to watch the match. And look, if it's your club, 15 pounds doesn't seem like an astronomical amount of money. Um, what I would like to see is if we were to do that, but also have some games on free there. I, I I can't think of any games that have been have any games been on BBC since the season restarted. I don't think they have. Um, no, no, they haven't. They they stopped that after the yeah, end so kind of, of just for like the British season. public. Um, like it would be good. Look, if as you say, look if when the greed is taken over and they're charging extra on top of the packages that we already have taken out, uh, that if they could give something back and put some games on free to air. Um, but one thing, though, I would say kind of to our listeners is if you do have the, the kind of sports extra package with Sky, I've been cut out a couple of times. Um, Premier Sports actually has a couple of the games, but unfortunately they don't advertise them. Um, so always check them before you buy um, a game on BT or Sky Sports box office. That's very interesting. That's game, very interesting. Like the game you know, last night, um, um, like... With the Brighton and Spurs, that was on Premier Sports, even though they were charging fifteen ninety five for fourteen ninety five yeah. for them on the box offices, and it happened as well the week before with uh, Liverpool on as well, I think. So it's just kind of unless you, like I could say, it, it doesn't come up in the TV listings, so you just have to be cute and try and get it. So thankfully, they're kind of a saving grace for us over here in Ireland. Absolutely, and Jesus, we're, we're really after branching out into the area of consumer advice now. So fair play for that, Kevin. Um, but I, I just think, I just think in general to have that pay per view stuff. I think on like, I have the Sky package. You have the BT package on top of the Sky. I don't. But like for to then, if you have the BT package, like especially if you're in the UK, to have to purchase more games again like you're already after purchasing two sports packages and now they're expecting people to pay for another one jesus i don't know i just think that's that's very very sneaky of them and like i think there's some clubs that haven't even given refunds for the season tickets for last season i think they'd be much more in their line to do that um even if they were charging this 14 pounds 95 but look i think the, the clubs, they are businesses. The Premier League is a business and it'd be naive of us not to remember that. But I personally, I have to laugh when I see these things. And then I see people giving out about the GAA, for example, that, oh, the GAA would do anything for money and, oh, the GAA get all the money. Like, you, you look at this and you think, really? Are you really are you really comparing like with like here? Um, or are you really making a fair comment because... I don't think what the Premier League are doing is fair at all. Um, look, maybe you, maybe Kevin, you might think that the GA comparison is unnecessary, but I just think that f- 
these this is a business it is a business and they have to make money but like are they just driving people uh, away they're from certainly watching driving the away the neutrals um because no one's going to want to pay 15 quid uh when we're already paying 40 or 50 euro a month for your for your Sky and BT packages. So certainly they're driving away the neutrals. But in saying that, Leeds are playing Crystal Palace on box office next Saturday. Will I buy it? I'll think about it, see what way I am when I wake up on Saturday, to be honest. And look, and that's probably a good way to finish. And it probably it probably drives home the point as well that, look, they might get bad publicity out of it. But in the end, at the end of the day, people vote with their feet. And if they want to see their own club playing, then they're probably going to are by the, by the, the add-on. So... Look, they they're they're probably willing to put up with that bad publicity if they actually make the money. So, um, we'll leave it there, Kevin, for this week, and we'll we'll be back on in probably about a half an hour for people who want to um watch or listen to our GA podcast. But for those of you who just tune in for our Premier League, Thank we'll talk to you next week. Day. Thanks Bye very much, Kevin. Thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Back of the Stand podcast. Uh, we'd be very much appreciative if you give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Back of the Stand 2. And also look us up on Facebook. You can just search the Back of the Stand. Um, and please also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and on Spotify, or whatever uh, podcast uh, platform you use. Um, we'd very much appreciate um, the support. Thanks very much, guys.